7.33. As I said, the number of patients confirmed to have been infected with a new type of coronavirus from China has risen to over 540 at least and counting, including a first case here in South Korea with several more being tested. It looks like that's it for the outbreak here for now, but very hesitant and very cautious over all details of this story. Uh, it, It would be challenging to see this being contained anytime soon with concerns that this week's lunar new year holiday causing an even more rapid spread with hundreds of millions of chinese travelers on the move let's first assess the situation here in korea with professor kim taehyung chief of the division of infectious diseases at sun chanhyang university hospital seoul thank you very much for taking the time hello good morning Good morning. So how, how alarming is it that South Korea has this confirmed case as of this week of what is a new type of coronavirus? Yeah, so although the uh, risk of infection for people living in Korea is uh, without recent travel to China, it's probably uh, low. It is certainly a scary new epidemic for infectious disease specialists. And fortunately, we have only one confirmed case in this country. But the problem is that the official report number in China is unnaturally jumping day by day. So as you mentioned, it's now up to 414 with 17 deaths in China. So most of the cases reported to be related to visit to Wuhan city. But because of the number of new patients from other regions of China is increasing, so I think the risk region is possibly not limited to one city, assuming to... Uh, assuming that human-to-human transmission does exist already. So it's quite an alarming situation for uh, this country as well. While it's difficult to know for certain, how likely do you think it is for the disease to see any further spread in this country, given uh, tomorrow's the start of the Lunar Year holiday and we're welcoming many visitors from China? Yes, (laughs) this is exactly the question I was thinking that you should not ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm sorry to ask the, you. Yeah, because think about the 240 passengers from Wuhan City to Seoul every day, and also uh, 30,000 people from China every day. So it's, uh, it's really hard to say. But uh, just according to our previous experience, the previous MERS uh, in 2015, the, this, this uh, virus involved Korea uh, catastrophically, but... Uh, hasn't uh, any impact in Japan or China. So, but as for SARS in 2000, 2003, it caused uh, infection in Hong Kong and Vancouver, but it was not uh, spread in Seoul. So uh, even the same virus uh, can behave differently according to climate, climate or population or reservoir anymore. So I think uh, it's quite uh, unexpected how this uh, situation will uh, in fact, this country. So we should cross finger for uh, just for Korea is not a favorite country for this virus. So uh, some experts are comparing this to SARS. Uh, we saw a, a very challenging MERS outbreak here in Korea in 2015, yeah. which would yeah. also be an obvious comparison. Can, can you offer your analysis on, on what we know so far about the illness? Uh, coronavirus SARS is a type of coronavirus, but but so is the common cold, for example. Yeah, so uh, this is different from common cold, but SARS or MERS and this virus is uh, classified as coronavirus. 
but uh, the problem is that we, ha- we know uh, very little about this young virus because the SARS usually uh, was known to be more contagious uh, even among community and which can cause a global outbreak in, in many countries. However, different from SARS, MERS was uh, more likely, uh, more fatal, and causes more uh, death in hospital spread. So it's uh, more likely to limit it to hospital, and MERS was more uh, exclusively Middle East disease. Korea was uh, unfortunately and mysteriously unique places uh, far from Middle East to have a MERS outbreak. But uh, the problem is that, unfortunately, this new virus is uh, classified more likely, more closely to SARS, which caused uh, uh, many contagious uh, outbreaks in many countries. So, right. uh, yeah, and also, the, uh, most of the deaths from this uh, new virus was to uh, say that they, they are senior people. But uh, China has also reported uh, one, one patient death, which was old, 48 years old. So this could suggest that, that this virus can uh, also kill younger people, like SARS. And uh, this healthcare personnel infected, and 15 healthcare personnel was infected from just a single patient. So uh, some kind of so-called super-spreading event can uh, does exist in this outbreak. This is what we know uh, so far. Yeah, well, the number of uh, confirmed patients in Wuhan alone has gone up to over 200. As as I said, I I think these numbers are are fairly unrealistic. We've seen others going up well into the thousand range. Can you offer your thoughts on these figures? Yeah, I I appreciate the the British team, which has estimated uh, uh, just mathematically uh, that the, the the number could be around uh, uh, 1,700. But I didn't uh, previously mention unnaturally jumping number of new patients because uh, the number of patients was very stable for a very long time. But uh, coincidentally, and just after the British estimation given, the official number of uh, Chinese case, cases uh, increased from 44, then 290, then 450. So I guess uh, just because of the large number of a population and large territory of China, uh, maybe the preparedness and transparency and response is quite uh, a very difficult task for Chinese uh, authority. So this was what we learned from the, our uh, previous experience in, in 2015 MERS outbreak in Korea. So we just uh, <laughs> hope that this epidemic soon controls completely. Thank you very much for joining us, Professor Kim. Really helpful to have your insight, first of all, today. Oh, you're welcome. Professor Kim Tae-hyung, speaking to us out of Sinchon-hyung University Hospital, Seoul, the uh, Division of Infectious Diseases there. Uh, We'll continue with Professor Daniel uh, Lucy, who specialises in infectious diseases at Georgetown University Medical Centre, has been monitoring this situation closely, but also served as a volunteer medical responder to previous outbreaks, including West Africa Ebola crisis. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you, sir. So this, um, I mentioned before, coronaviruses, that they are very diverse. And many American media outlets right now, uh, our previous guest was was actually distancing this from the common cold, saying it would be closer to something like SARS. But many media uh, outlets are saying that, um, you know, coronaviruses are responsible for things like the common cold as well. So where would your personal index of concern be right now? 
Well, with this particular novel coronavirus that uh, was identified uh, in Wuhan, China at the beginning of January, uh, very rapidly, I think it was a very good job uh, in terms of the Chinese scientists uh, discovering this new virus, it, it definitely causes a pneumonia. And there are about seven different kinds of uh, human coronaviruses, and four of them cause a common cold. But three of them, the SARS coronavirus and the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome or MERS coronavirus, and this one <clears throat> caused a, a deeper lung infection, a, a pneumonia. And I'm quite concerned about uh, this particular one because of the um, rapid increase in the number of laboratory-confirmed uh, patients um, now in multiple uh, provinces in cities in uh, China, and in, as you know, you know some patients in other countries such as Korea and Japan and Thailand and Taiwan and the United States uh, yesterday. There were thousands of, of SARS deaths, and, and we were counting the, the deaths from the MERS outbreak here in 2015 in the dozens, and it was very scary. Does it look like the death rate from this particular strain or Wuhan pneumonia could, could reach those levels? Uh, well, first, let me say, that, um, there, there were thousands of patients with SARS in 2003, but fortunately, less than 1,000 who died, about 775. Again, I, a lot, but it's, I think a lot of the reporting on this is, uh, it's difficult to, to pin down specific numbers, but thank you for, for clarifying that. Oh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is SARS. So this one, it doesn't seem like there's so many uh, deaths reported, but uh, there will be. I, 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 I don't want to sound... Uh, Pessimistic, but there will be quite a few more, and I say that because uh, China uh, recently has been uh, increasingly transparent uh, about the clinical information about the patients. And uh, what I saw today, uh, official reports were you know, about 450 patients, um, about 102 of whom were listed as critical or severe condition. Um, so uh, it, it means that some of the patients will certainly survive with uh, really good medical care, but some won't, despite good medical care. So uh, overall, the fatality rate was uh, uh, about 10%, uh, 9.6% for SARS in 2003. Um, and for MERS in the Middle East, it's higher. It's closer to 34%. Right. And, and, and certainly, yeah, I, I was very fortunate to be able to come to Seoul and visit some of the um, you know, healthcare workers and see some of the patients with MERS in in, um, in June of 2015, and uh, I think there were uh, you know approximately 186 patients and 38 deaths. It's just exactly. you know MERS is terrible. So I, I, at this point, I'm just guessing, as everyone is, I think about how uh, deadly or what the mortality rate for this new virus will be. But um, some people have been saying, well, it's only two or three percent now, but it's going to go up. And I'm afraid it's going to go up, you know, in the range closer to SARS, but hopefully nowhere near the 34 percent with MERS mortality rate. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. I mean, so far, uh, 17 deaths reported, but the foreign countries, Japan, South Korea, Thailand, the United States, Taiwan as well, reporting a case. Uh, do you expect the number of foreign countries affected by this to also shoot up? Well, I hope it doesn't, but I think it will. Um, uh, so far, most of the be- most of the um, uh, people that have gone overseas and been diagnosed uh, had uh, probably got the infection in Wuhan. And <clears throat> if I understood correctly, just a, a few hours ago today, the um, the main uh, government of China has instituted very strict uh, travel um, uh, uh, restrictions going in or going out of of Wuhan. Uh, which is, I think, really unprecedented. Even during SARS, they didn't do this. So, so you'd think that, well, if if the infections are all coming out of Wuhan or almost all, then 
then, you know, hopefully that'll be effective, uh, you know, restricting travel. But we already know that the virus has been found and confirmed in multiple uh, other Chinese cities and provinces, um, uh, including in Beijing and in Shanghai and uh, Guangdong, uh, you know, multiple places. So the question then is, um, you know, will people fly from those other um, cities in China uh, overseas and, uh, you know, and potentially and bring the, this new virus with them. And we don't know, um, but but uh, we're going to find out. You know, the world's going to find out. Uh, and, uh, and and hopefully it's not going to be that bad, but I tend to want to prepare for the, the worst and hope for the best, as people say. It does raise great concerns for the world generally. Right now in Davos, for example, world leaders are talking intensely about climate change. If we were to have an outbreak that was even more severe than this one, even with all the measures that are being taken at airports around the world, it seems like we're kind of helpless to protect ourselves. And if there was a virus or a bacterial infection that was uncontrollable, um, it seems like that is one of the great threats to humanity right now, uh, being able to deal with the global travel and, and spread of these types of infections. Well, uh, yes, I agree with you. Um, I, I would, you know, I've been doing this work pretty much my, my whole career. So starting in 1982 in San Francisco with the beginning of the AIDS epidemic, you know, before we discovered the HIV virus, but the HIV virus had already discovered us and started this terrible AIDS epidemic. So for me, I, I, I try to, uh, I really try to avoid that, the word helpless for myself. I think there's always things that individuals, you know, non-medical, medical, there's always things that uh, we can do and that we will do in a time of a even a, you know of a, 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 a bad epidemic um, understand so, uh, yeah so so I think we have to you know one day at a time and in this case it's like a couple hours at a time it seems like there's more and more uh, you know new information um, and I think you know as you know obviously the meeting in Davos that you mentioned is going on right now but uh, today there was a meeting of the World Health Organization to um, decide whether or not to declare this epidemic uh, uh, what they call a public health emergency of international concern. And what they basically decided to do is reconvene tomorrow and, and then come to a final decision tomorrow. It's a very difficult, rapidly changing uh, epidemic. Professor Lucy, thank you so much. It's a fascinating area of research you're in. I hope that um, th- that feeling of always having options remains the case uh, well, ad infinitum. Good to have you with us on the line. Uh, thank you so much for the interview, sir. Bye-bye. Professor Daniel Lucy, specialising in infectious diseases at Georgetown University Medical Centre.